safe, bitch. Diamonds on my soapbox. Diamonds that I pass into a trash bag just to look hard. My BBS is triple six. Got demons in my box again. I won't let the hours slip and fade into my profit list. I ain't got no frontal lobe. I'm always going too far. Mix the drink with the bar. Spitting faces of gods. I've outgrown all my idols. Here's the catch. I ain't no wet ball. Running like I'm special, but I ain't shit for pissed off. You ain't LA's and kickbox. No, and I ain't social. My expressions that I make when I get on the mic to lose y'all. You ain't LA's and kickbox. No, and I ain't social. I don't ever lose my essence. I get on the mic to lose y'all. I might need to score. I might need to settle. I'm gonna need to split before I'm speaking on my mental. I might need to scar just to remind me I'm a handful. If you step into my circle, no, it ain't coincidental. Big fat 
just wanna fuck with me. Your boyfriend looking for me, bitch, stop sucking me. These fake banging niggas sucking me until you got a blood wound. You're not a blood me. I know you niggas look up to me, so when I choose to unfollow you, don't get the stuff in me. Underground, talk to me, industry full of fuckery. Niggas trying to muscle up, but still ain't really busting me. It ain't shit you can say to me to make a nigga talk to me. I hate to be blood eat, exposing niggas publicly. Fuck you, me. I can make this situation ugly. Like if she moves too suddenly, shoot the bitch while she fucking me. I am the bottom of the barrel. This is not a carol. Stick a nigga up. I shot a skydiver with an arrow. <clears throat> Shortly, I can show you fucking hell. I'm in predator vision. Step in position, get impaled. Vampire pale, reptile scales, X-file, piss poor nigga. My erectile fail. I am up next, so I exile tales. That's the past nigga. Fuck the last nigga. I'm the grill. He tried to send a message. Now his head is in the mail. I ain't feel what he was saying, but he said it was in braille. What? And looking back at it, I ain't had no one to tell. But that body was a secret. Glad I kept it to myself. Ooh. I heard you niggas wanna fuck with me. Your boyfriend looking for me. Bitch, stop sucking me. Welcome to Thug Crowd Radio. Please listen to this important disclaimer in its entirety. All participants of this Thug Crowd Radio episode are characters. None of the stories told during these episodes are based on facts, truth, or reality. All works of fiction displayed during this episode that resemble real-life situations are coincidental and are not meant to serve as guides or tutorials to commit any crimes in any country. Please consult an attorney for local laws and regulations. And as always, trust your inner criminal.
everybody. Welcome to another exciting edition of The Crowd. Hey, hey. Howdy. Yo. What's up? <laughs> Hello. Hey. So, the last episode of 2018. Oh, wow. So that, that must mean you guys are ready for to stop buying Easter stuff then. That's what this time of year is. <laughs> IoT Easter eggs. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. What's good, everybody? How's your weekend been? Uh, good. I'm chasing down uh, fishing kits. It's a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. I saw that. Yeah. That's cool stuff. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, anyone do anything else cool this weekend? Any products this week? Anyone take down prod? So I got some of the SSH remoting and PowerShell Core 6 to work for my triage scripts, and now they are compatible with Mac and Windows, uh, soon to be supporting. What are those? It's just a bunch of uh, incident response triage scripts that I wrote in PowerShell. Uh, it was for Windows PowerShell initially, but now that Microsoft's uh, open source PowerShell and made PowerShell Core, I'm just working on making it uh, compatible with PowerShell Core so it works on Linux and Mac too. Oh yeah, man. Nice. Nice. That's real cool. Sweet. Yeah, this weekend I started playing around with uh, Luca's WHID Elite mechanism, which is pretty cool. Cellular attached HID, wireless shenanigans, does uh, radio-based stuff on uh, 3145 and 433 megahertz, um, which means mouse jacking and lots of other fun things can be done. Dang. It's pretty nice. cool. Yeah. I've been looking at that online for a while. It's so cool. Soon, man. Soon. We're almost done. The 433 megahertz stuff. Mm. Oh, yeah. You'll uh, you get the first wave of completed products on the market. <laughs> oh, I've also found a bunch of um, almost identical to Apple boots for the cables I've been working on. So that... Uh, Will lead to some interesting paths. Oh boy! I saw <laughs> I that. It. I saw the Twitter discussion you were talking about the um, the locked iPhone messages. Yeah, that's a fun one too. You can jump into that at the end. But uh, yeah, we'll see. I, I just ordered uh, six hundred of those boots. We're gonna see what happens. Oh, hundred of them. <laughs> <laughs> They're hard to find, man. But I'm, gonna, I'm gonna jump finger. on it the moment. They... <laughs> get them while while the getting's good. But uh, yep. that shipping. Like, you know, you might buy five to see if they work, but they're cheap enough, just get 600. Yeah. That always Mysterious. happens to me. Mysterious you always Uber drivers what? free cables internationally. <laughs> I just love when, like, you go on, like, eBay, and you're just like, oh, I want this part that's, like, whatever. And it's just the same price, but there's, like, you know, an absurd amount of them. That's why I have I have MG when we first started talking and we worked on the USB things together. Um, I bought some USB stuff, like some USB boots, uh, like male and female connectors and micro USB stuff. And yeah. I still have like hundreds and hundreds of them. I only use like a couple of them to actually interface with anything. I just have yep. bags of these raw USB components. You <laughs> like never know, man. Cables. But yeah, exactly. You never know when you're going to need them. Yeah, in this case, the person is actually in my state who has these. 
Um, oh, cool. But they decided, because you can only get these in units of 10,000 or more. So this person did the 10,000 order and is letting me take a you know cut of that, which is really nice of them. That is cool. That's How much does 10,000 cost? I actually have no idea, but I think I'm getting them for under $1 per connector. So I'm cool. happy with that. About a dollar fifty for five thousand, but yeah. Um, so yeah, no, it's been it's it's the end of twenty eighteen. Everybody, it's our end of our uh, our year, I guess. Here, not the end of the podcast, but it's been a cool year so far. We've only been on for since the uh, end of March or so. We've done quite a lot in that time, so it's been a good year for us as a collective, I guess. We've like we had a whole movie premiere happen um, in New York City, an exclusive movie premiere. Uh, yeah, those eggs, those free yeah, eggs, we got a that we bunch do. of eggs delivered to us by the internet. Thank you, and a pizza. <laughs> and um, uh, <laughs> we did our charity stream and a bunch of other cool stuff. We're launching a satellite now, just everything's cool. Hell yeah, maybe if right now, everybody in the back in the who's watching too in the background, we are fuzzing a couple of uh Discord bots with our bot, Wish. Um, we've actually accidentally crashed like, like two bots so far in the past like, week or so. Shout out to Plasmas for uh, dumping um, some digital ocean credentials through a command. Um, That's cool. <laughs> it was good stuff. Shout out to the country. stream. Does anyone on the stream know what you can do with the digital ocean API token? Yeah, I think actually the, the answer is that you can interact with that specific droplet. Um, not the account itself, but you can do stuff with it. Um, I was digging through some of the documentation, but it was just a little, a little too much for me to, to dive into at the moment. Does it's it like have similar a to cluster on it? <laughs> actually, so there was actually a Docker container on there. Um, so this bot was actually really cool. Um, shout out to Archmaster who made it. It's uh, it it does a it creates a Docker container within a specific channel of Discord and you're able to run commands on there. But unfortunately, there was, uh, they were all run as root and there was no filtering on like, any outgoing connections or anything. And so um, we're able to do stuff like install Hashcat on it and stuff like that. And it actually, building Hashcat is what crashed it the first time. But then the second time um, we were able to pull like the DigitalOcean metadata from their API um, through this. And so we told them like what to do to fix it, but it was just like one of those things where you're just like, uh, I had to track this person down like through the this like website that aggregates the Discord bots and eventually found him. So, but yeah, uh, I remember. It was apologies cool. for being container mom. Very bad things can happen when you run your Docker containers as root. <laughs> yeah, I think that was like one of the first things that we noticed. It was like ID lol. Oh wait, lol. And then uh, we did a little bit of code auditing as well. Collective code auditing. Who could find bugs? in there uh once we found the GitLab for it that was pretty funny yeah but it, it's cool though i mean i think that honestly uh i think i described this as an evil qa department so i feel like every time that we've been able to get something in here we've been able to try to at least communicate with the developers and say yo there's an issue um look at our channel and so right now if you see any any funny bugs which actually if you look at the bible bot you can do an sql injection into it and um you can dump a bunch of weird things. It seems like it's part passing it just fine. Um, to be honest, I, I'd really want it to be let me like so. Uh, 
this will be an upcoming one of the upcoming news topics later but uh if we could add some nice bible quotes potentially uh put a few little words in jesus mouth uh with an update <laughs> and uh just yeah make use of some access yeah it's not very often you get to rewrite the bible so right <laughs> the book of thug it's good stuff though uh so tonight we are going to be talking um about the worst iot and uh web services that we've seen lately and so it's kind of a, a hard topic because we talk about this a lot so we don't want to be too redundant but i guess we'll just go over some of these products uh share them with you guys and be just talking about what the actual implications are some of them are kind of obvious and then some of them are not so obvious and some of them are just downright awful so i can't wait to get into that we should get into our news though before we um run out of time on it um does everybody have the show notes i think i posted them already in here but yeah okay and also anybody feel free if you want to jump into our discord the invite is leap.club um, you guys can fuzz along with us in the bot fuzzing channel. Um, everyone's welcome. So we have actually a lot of bots in there, and some of them don't respond to other bots, which um, we'll get around later. But it's uh, it's a thing. So <laughs> come in and try it out because we um, have a lot of fun fuzzing bots and think, fuzzing our uh, own bots. I think as well, like just by using um, a user token taken from the client rather than the... Uh... Yeah, that'll be it. It's pretty, that's pretty much it on the to-do mm-hmm. list with everything else. <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah. we'll, uh, we'll definitely have client token spoofing um, very soon. So that'll be a feature of the bully command. Um, <laughs> you so, lose. <laughs> yes. Um, so yeah, all right, let's get into our news here. So the first story that we have on here is interesting. It's, the, it's basically calling out Cloudflare for providing cybersecurity for at least seven terror groups. And so this is basically just saying that um, there are terrorist groups that are using Cloudflare, which clearly makes sense. People would use it. Um, But it's interesting to see that they're calling out Cloudflare for protecting terrorism by saying that because they use their services, they're basically being complicit in the terrorist activities, which I don't know. What what, what do you guys have any opinions on this? Because it's... It's like they're just no. doing their, they're providing a service, but then people are leveraging it. And you can't always monitor every single thing that every single person does on your millions of customers. Was this a also, thing where Cloudflare knew who they were providing this for? Or is it just, it happened to be that one of the users was this and Cloudflare didn't know? I think that it's more that they didn't know. But I mean, people knock out and report terrorist domains all the time, and they have to, you know, migrate their stuff they can't just you can't just be like be like isis.com and just like expect to not be like shut down immediately so yeah, yeah. i assume they're probably migrating and doing but, a bunch of different tricks but so cloudflare registration though um is basically like get an email like have an email and a domain ready click 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 or oh, modify your ns that's it um and that's free um it will do strict https to https stuff and if the if the domain has never had any history prior to being on cloudflare um then it's very like it can be sometimes difficult to uh unmask like there's previously been in uh in the past there was different techniques of unmasking stuff behind um cloudflare but now a lot of it 
uh, relies on on historic DNS records. So, um, yeah, there well, was a service called Cloudflare. Help though, right? Without Cloudflare's help. Yeah, well, there was a service called Crimeflare. I don't know if it's still up. And, like, that's basically the goal is you enter uh, evil domain and you try and see if you could, it'll try and pull history out of the, its DB and see what, you, what it has there for you. Like, And, and the, that was basically the premise was that, hey, criminals know about Cloudflare too. So I think this is really just an extension of what they already knew. And it's not really anything new or anything Cloudflare could be blamed for. But, uh, yeah. Dana sinking by law enforcement is also another tactic that does come. The insinuation, though, in the article is that Cloudflare is suspiciously allowed to continue operating, even though they're hosting terrorists. And I think the insinuation is, well, Cloudflare must be working with the feds from time to time. And to that point, I actually wouldn't doubt it at all like i don't know but i wouldn't doubt it i think they're uh considered a, a service provider like a like a n they're not the same as hosting the content because they're proxying it but i suppose there's like that level of caching as well um so uh, they're not you know they're not straight up running terrorist web servers or anything well this is like originally started like three years ago in 2015 there was a whole outcry against uh, cloudflare hosting isis content or serving isis Did, content didn't they recently decide to take certain customers down due to their content yes so that that kind of uh screws them in terms of you know we're just the independent provider we, we have no control perspective yeah yeah they terminated the uh the daily stormer yeah, I think there was a bunch more, but yeah, as as an example, yeah, for going after ISIS. Tore their shit thing, if uh, if ISIS go and register, like I don't know, uh, some some domain that is absolutely seemingly irrelevant, and then you know, it's like a some cell that's using it for something else. It's no different to uh, somebody hosting you know, a, a HTTP ransomware CNC or something. Um, that hasn't been detected yet. Like it's just a new random domain. You don't really know until you know, right? I guess so. Um, yeah. Uh, so the next story that we have on here is the, um, the signal saying that they're not going to comply with Australia's uh, new bill. <laughs> and so this is like the first example, I guess, the first public example of something really big like signal um, saying they're not comply with the AA or the bill form yeah. that would, yeah, <laughs> I don't know how to really describe it, uh, DNZ here, but. Yeah, yeah so basically you... there's um, certain uh, requirements that can be asked uh, under the, in, in the bill. And I, in my opinion, this is one of the things in the bill that I wasn't too worried about happening um, by like specifically by companies like Signal, Google, Apple, um, Microsoft and, and others that have, have gone out and said that they won't do this already. But uh, this is the case of where all the jokes around this came in that were like, you know, the laws of Australia were more important um, than the laws of mathematics and, and stuff like that. So this is a, a case where it's not really practically 
um, possible to do this, and the company is probably not going to comply anyway. Uh, and then you know the government has to say, well, how do we block this? Do we block to the app store? Do we try and you know block domain fronting on every CDN ever? Uh, which, as we saw with Russia and Telegram, that turned out absolutely fantastic. So this isn't uh, specifically a case I think like that is going to be solo, and I don't think it ever really was going to like this particular type of thing where uh, the company like Signal is complicit in doing this type of thing. Um, it could be a case where maybe uh, a telco or somebody could, you know, make sure that um, a, like a version of an app was pushed out from their mirrors or something like that. But Signal themselves were very unlikely to ever comply with Yeah, I no, I mean, I I think uh, more people needs to be more up in arms about it, um, like over time. I don't really know like yeah. why anybody would just be like, yeah, this is cool. <laughs> like, yeah, definitely. I mean, the, so there's there's like I I mentioned when we talked about this a couple of times. There's other stuff in the bill that is more uh, concerning, um, specifically referring to things like uh, specific people with. Uh, a reasonable knowledge or capability and, and other things in there. Um, not necessarily an app company, like, you know, open whisper systems. Then that's, you know, uh, companies who have money, Google, Apple, Microsoft, like they're going to push back against this stuff. So. Yeah. I'd, um, I'd argue that it's probably not signal that they'd be even thinking about in drafting that bill. It's more likely right. to be WeChat. You yeah, which yeah. Are, uh, don't have that same uh, individuality, like where they're more controlled by something else that's going on and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, next story that we have on here is a Twitter drawing concern or two new bugs. Privacy concern over two new bugs. Um, this one is interesting. This is just about basically enumerating the country codes of certain accounts' phone numbers, and then also, uh, oh no, yeah, saying that it revealed that there was IP addresses in China and Saudi Arabia that were trying to do this. Um, it's a very small amount of data, though, um, being able to enumerate that. But interesting nonetheless, though, that people are trying to get into that. There's also an OAuth flaw as well. This one was, I confused two of them because I read another article about the, I forgot about the plain text password one as well. But yeah, did you guys hear about these um, bugs? Uh, I briefly read about some of this stuff, but I think the, um, this is kind of stuff, the plain text password stuff, like when was it? Earlier this year, like it was uh, some months ago, um, like it was I think during the show when we all got notified, or like just before the show, we all got notified of, you know, update your Twitter password, blah, blah, blah. And uh, why wasn't this sort of picked up then? If they were specifically looking at passwords back then of like their yeah. entire user base, you know, they're doing sort of auditing there going like, oh, something's happened with the passwords. Let's take a close look at passwords. Like, didn't they, someone say, wait, some of these are plain. We we still support login for people who have plain text passwords. Like what? Yeah. 
The other one here too, though, this OAuth one, I remember this one now. This is, uh, it was basically authorizing like a sketchy third-party API apps that um, you would basically have to like do some pretty like pretty tricky social engineering to actually get somebody to use. But this sort of thing, though, still, there's so many integrations for apps and people have been leaking or had leaked on accident their API, their OAuth keys and API tokens. And this kind of thing is like definitely super real. Um, I don't, there's there's so many apps and so many things that integrate with Twitter and uh, other social media sites and they just ask for every permission, you know? I feel like um, while Twitter supports OAuth and this, this is the same with most social media uh, as well as, while it supports these things, uh, should you be linking these two, like two services? Like when it pops up and you're, I don't know, like, medium or discuss or something like that and it's like do you want to link your twitter account like in my head the answer is generally no i don't want to do that yeah convenient <laughs> yes but i think a lot yeah. of people say yes though oh yeah oh because it's just so much easier right like and yeah it's it's all convenience convenience. Versus security. yeah Yeah, it makes it so where, oh, yeah, my Twitter account's owned, and now everything else I've ever used also. <laughs> yeah. It's all fine. Go back to sleep. Go back to sleep. No, <laughs> um, guys, 2018's one... almost over. Yeah. It's so close. Whoa. <laughs> it really oh, man. It, uh, it was the year of the Linux desktop. Finally, I can't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. It's next to you guys. Wait, I thought next year was going to be the year of BSD on the desktop. Oh, fancy. Like That's it. really calling your shots. <laughs> <laughs> I'm putting, uh, are you going to put any money on that? Or? Uh, no, thanks. I'm already broke. Um, the next one that we have on here is actually really interesting. This is CenturyLink blocked its customer's internet access in order to show an ad. This is just spooky and weird and annoying. Um, so basically somebody had posted on Twitter, but they had an ad that appeared to talk about their internet privacy. And um, yeah, they did some DNS spoofing, which is common. Um, they advertise their paid filtering software, uh, which I remember looking at the website. It's uh, McAfee powered and Norton powered. Um, they basically came up to show an ad for that um, until they clicked like through the ad, um, their internet was blocked. Which this is very just... much like, you know, you go to an airport or you go to a hotel or something, you're in a walled garden until you agree to the terms and service. Like this yeah. sounds like a similar technology in yeah, place absolutely. like that, but grabbing the DNS. Yeah, that's, but I think it's just ironic that it's for internet privacy while it's using a technique that is certainly not pro-privacy. It's just grabbing your, you know, your DNS requests and, or whatever else and however mechanism it's working, but it's, uh, it's intercepting something that's destined for somewhere else and giving you a, something else. Being like, hey, privacy, check it out. We didn't just invade yours. Yeah, it's yeah, 
super super ill thought like there was there was negative amounts of thought that went into this <laughs> negative Boy. amounts I don't know at the, least I hope so the Utah State Senator he's in on it so uh, yeah Betty thought it was a good idea and it would be helping everyone must be all those Alex Jones brain pills they're taking Mmm, delicious. Hey, that's our, our sponsor, isn't it? Oh, wait, no, it's not. Fuck it. AlexJonesBrainPill.com <laughs> Should I actually register that? Um, <laughs> we could. Um, the, the next one here um, is actually, I didn't include the other story because I didn't want to give it any more attention. But let's talk about this first one here. So hackers are def- hackers to face Wall Street Journal with a pro PewDiePie message. Uh, basically, the more kids doing some PewDiePie stuff, um, it's Wall Street Journal's public apology to PewDiePie, and then they just I don't know, just do some stupid stuff about PewDiePie. Um, and apparently, they had got it because of, this was like a third party page, um, for, for like a branded content that would go through Wall Street Journal. It was owned by Oracle, though. Or linked to Oracle, and I, yeah, I read uh, actually in I think it was on Twitter where uh, Joseph Cox referred to Oracle as their cybersecurity firm. I kind of wanted to say something, but then I was like, uh, I guess they do cybersecurity as well, <laughs> but I don't think it's their bread and butter. Yeah, I've never heard of them being primary on that. But either way, this story's freaking dumb like the whole premise of it to begin with is like oh it's enraging but then the like waste access like that oh yeah (laughs) it's like what we we were uh we had those a couple of comments we had on twitter about it where I, i was just thinking like if i had access to this like wait this this sort of thing what could you really do and you look at um you know, manipulation of, of of news and the creation of fake news and stuff like that. A lot of websites that will want to push their stories have like a domain with a blog and it looks like a news site and all that. But what if you could just push it to the Wall Street Journal? Um, and then you go, okay, well, would you push a whole story that's really obvious? Would you just put an Onion article up on there? And it's like, no, not you wouldn't. You would just, you just want to like slowly drip feed minor onion-esque changes oh, that'd be great. into existing posted like <laughs> you know stuff. So people are reading it like two days later. They're like scrolling down. They're like, what? <laughs> like, you know, the moon's gonna block out the sun and it's never coming back. <laughs> <laughs> like, whoa. The fucking possibilities, man. Yeah. They wasted it. Waste an idea. That's the thing, right? Like, it's the instant gratification. Like, you could make it so much funnier by, like, having it be there. And then, you know, a week later when they realize, like, there's all this stuff there. (laughs) Like, if you're going to do that with it, right? It used to be, right, that uh, you just do this and, like, this is how people, like, made money on the internet is by doing dumb shit like this, right? You can monetize this to push offers or whatever. Yeah, or also yeah. like hacked by a Roblox gang, but uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's sad that people don't have foresight anymore to like to to pull off some major funny stuff. Like just make it yeah. actually funny, guys. Like stop. Yeah. Stupid so stuff. <laughs> the 
the next one that I, I really that is related to this that I wanted to discuss, which I saw Soldier Fortran and I retweeted it. It was um, an article on the BBC about uh, the second round of people promoting PewDiePie on Twitter. It's very clear who the person is. They they brag about it a lot and they try to sell um, the ability to know how to use a very public Git repo. Um, for, on Patreon for money mm -hmm. people. Um, but so they had called up BBC and they told them that there was an additional vulnerability and it had to do with bricking the, the piece, the printers by um, writing to the NVRAM a bunch of times with a loop um, using um, PJL. And so yeah, it's all in the that, it, it, it's like a very uh, not realistic. Thing to try to do but it's also what i was trying to I was like i don't know why i mean obviously it's because you read the very first page of if you google how to do damage to printers um remotely that's like the it's the first page is about this um so if you um what's it called i lost my train of thought here the oh yes um remotely updating printers um with their a new firmware update through the same methods is like a way more destructive thing that you can do and would actually like be harmful in the future. But yeah, imagine this like, like this person missed out on this entire opportunity to say that you could do that. Um, so BBC, again, if you want to talk to people, uh, hit us up because, yeah. I mean, that's, that's a case where like, okay, so if you could make a firmware update, would you make it like, you could do something like, okay, every time a print job comes in, print the same thing, right? You can just print some text and then, you know, you push that firmware and then that's a really obvious burnt thing. But what if you made it so that it like watermarked any printed page with like uh, something you had to squint to see, like, so that or across a whole page of text, you'll see like, you know, a phallic shape or something like that, right? I and, was thinking about it in terms of a botnet, like literally things that are public IP, you could just create one with printers. Um, I think that's a way more realistic and scary scenario that the um, aforementioned person did not mention. What about yeah, like just... exfiltration of uh, like print jobs? And that as well. Yeah. yeah, and also that backdooring and, and yeah, exfiltration of printer data. All that stuff is completely 100% within the realm of stuff. Printer security yeah. is a very, very serious thing, um, but it's annoying that it's being framed now with just subscribe to PewDiePie because we don't want like Indians to win the internet. Sorry. Also, <laughs> I actually uh, subscribed to the other one out of spite. Oh, I did. I really did. If Thugcrowd had a YouTube channel, we would be subscribed to them as well. <laughs> they had some culture. Mm -hmm. So um, the other thing with with printers as well is that the multifunction options. Um, also mean that there are like often scanners when they're network connected. So if you can uh, take copies of scan documents, then you're more likely to get things like uh, scanned passports or identification and things like that. So uh, sensitive documents or that kind of business, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, for everybody who doesn't know though, definitely try to, you have printers that are somewhere you could use a firewall turn off remote features like log into the printer it's already you can log into it from public ip um turn off that stuff because it's not necessary and if so you keep it up you're just gonna have 
more and more um, people printing PewDiePie messages to you. Yeah, it's like the old uh, fax stuff where people would just war dial and print pages of black until it stopped. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I did a scan recently of just uh, one of the ports, too. It was like 9,100, and there was like 2 million printers. Or, well, at least 2 million hosts that responded on 9100. That's not, that's only one of the ports. There's like three or four, right? Yeah, there's also cups and there's some other stuff as well. It's ridiculous. Um, yeah. No, it it's is amazing. really ridiculous. It's like a really amazing uh, <laughs> free channel to, to spread whatever the fuck you want. Because... Man, I don't think people realize like quite how easy it is. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um you don't have to war dial either. You just have to just uh one showdown. Right. Yeah. Well true. It's, it's such a low barrier to entry too with stuff like press. What'd you say there? You cut off. Oh, my bad. I was saying it's just like it's such a low barrier to entry with tools like Pret just kind of laying around. It's a really badass tool, though. I was using it at work today. Oh, yeah. And I was like, um, hmm, should I change the LCD panel to some bug <laughs> crowd on it and then take a picture of it for the show tonight? I'm like, eh, I like my job. No. <laughs> I mean, actually, I was on a. I was on an engagement with a, a printer and I did put, it had a, a little touch screen on it. Um, and it happened to have a browser, which I figured out was running a, a, uh, I guess, gecko rendering thing. And, uh, Fancy. yeah, I put, I put digital gangster on it really briefly and, <laughs> and then like, it up. but that was pretty, back, back before, uh, I think it was when it, during DG is dead 2017. F. I'm pressing F. Cool. Um, hi, sorry about that. Um, so the next thing I have here is the SQLite bug, which um, I know some of you were playing around with. Um, do you guys have any thoughts about the about this? This is a pretty big one. Yeah. So in the uh, I, when this first came up, I checked the Git. Uh, the sorry, the repo for the um, the diff, uh, specifically to address this issue. And from what I could see, um, uh, there was a value that was uh, cast as an int uh, that had been recast in the change uh, to a sixty-four bit, uh, but I sixty-four. And then you're basically able to create a record, um, and then like create a record and then um, modify a record or, or set another value and it would overwrite a chunk of the next record which is what it I guess the, like it, basically the re result was it was corrupting the um, corrupting the next record um, but it appears that in certain uh, in certain uh, types of joins you were able to actually this was RCE I believe but I didn't I haven't seen a POC for RCE. Um, the only thing was the test case where it corrupted the, the next record. Yeah. 
I mean, like the scope of this is pretty huge. Just just uh, chromium based everything and SQLite based everything. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like um, the you know every every app that has its own DB, which is many. Uh, Probably like up. Apple stuff. Like, yeah, isn't yeah. like pretty much every Apple app SQLite. <laughs> It was yeah. annoying. I was actually uh, I never choose SQLite. I always I've always stay away from it. But I was thinking about writing something I wanted to be portable um, to throw in a Discord really quickly. And I was using SQLite at the time. I read it and I was just like, oh man, I knew I shouldn't. <laughs> um, hold on one second. Yeah. Oh, <clears throat> sorry. The next one here that we have. Um, it's pretty funny too, just because just watching Mark Zuckerberg now as he tries to just navigate through every single time Facebook does anything wrong is just really funny because he just like people just know now that he just like I don't know Facebook just like doesn't give a shit about anything <laughs> and just like trying to back up and just like give like, the most cold corporate response is just really funny. Um, but yeah, so this one here is um, Facebook believes that 6.8 million users could have had their uh, photos accessed by third-party developers but they didn't share public so this is just another example of another facebook like just i don't even know what's happening and like why they're letting this kind of stuff happen have like i think that it's it's mainly because of just wanting to give people access to the stuff for monetary gain that's all it is it's like oh sorry we gave too much access and we were already selling you out i think they just managed to somehow keep a clean image for way too long like this stuff should have been leaking out oh like over the years naturally and somehow they were able to corral all of their bullshit and then just whoops there's like a little bit of a leak and then that's it and the whole thing's done it's a flood yeah with uh this particular one though it seems like maybe they could have just made a mistake in api scoping and then like because it was apparently only open for 12 days and it says that the images like the the photos were potentially exposed so like well so it doesn't mean they were accessed maybe nobody accessed them maybe somebody accessed some uh maybe lots of people accessed individual ones but nobody there's no indication on uh yeah it says the 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 photos could have been accessed by 1500 apps built by 876 developers so i think in the grand scheme of the numbers on facebook that's not a that's not so huge right um but it only takes one of those developers to figure out that they can scrape 6.8 million people's photos and to be, you know, they're already assuming they're already developers, then they have the skill to do something about it. In fairness to them, I think they usually do reach out to the individuals affected, but still, uh, Facebook's having a really, really bad year, and I, I couldn't be happier for them. <laughs> I think, I think it's a well deserved. <laughs> Do you guys remember the downfall of MySpace? Not really. Um, it just kind of fucking fizzled away, didn't it? One day, my friends just stopped posting bulletins, yeah. and that was it. 
<laughs> there was a series of uh, a series of mistakes that went on at the end where their stack it came out that their stack was like such a mismatch of uh, like cold fusion and PHP and things that had been like tacked on. Um, and there was a few breaches near the end uh, that were sort of pretty damning. Then everybody forgot about it. I think everybody just got tired of the the awful. Like it basically took GeoCities to the next level and made it accessible to your grandma and your aunts and uncles. And so they all had GeoCities pages that you had to look at that played <laughs> terrible music and terrible pictures and ugh. And now yeah. it's even worse. Now it's all on Facebook. I think the top ten friends thing was always a really big or top eight or whatever it was. And I was like, was oh, top right. Eight. Oh, like, yeah. oh, put me in your top eight. Look at all my top eight is these like people or whatever. It was people like just get a... so upset about it too. Right. <laughs> I remember when they uh did a promotion with the movie three hundred where they let you have they upped your photo limit to 300 pictures. <laughs> I think the difference between uh, that and now, though, is that uh, people, like a lot of uh, non-technical people are sort of ingrained in Facebook and they're using Facebook to log into third-party services. It's a little harder to pull it away uh, or for them to forget about it because there are some people who just live their life on Facebook. There's some places in the world where the entire like idea of the internet to them is Facebook and the scopes of Facebook. Yeah, where you you organize, uh, you you don't send out like meeting invitations through your like office. You, you send out meetups through like events, and if you're not on Facebook, uh, like I guess a lot of people in here probably don't have aren't active Facebook users then you yep. don't see those invites and other people don't like understand why like why, why don't you have facebook like you know why don't you look at facebook like i don't know because it's terrible hey so um the next one here we have here is awesome as well this is uh microsoft admits that normal windows 10 users are just testing unstable updates it's just, so funny. Like some of the bigger um, issues people had, like the files being deleted, stuff. Those were all just beta testing. <laughs> I think the, the funniest <laughs> Wait, thing about this, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's great. But like, have you have you ever like had someone say to you, "Oh, my computer did this weird thing," and you're like, "Okay." And like, what would it be? And you're like, I have no goddamn idea. Like, I've never seen that happen to anybody. You must have done something. And this is, you know, maybe right. they didn't. Maybe they're just being tested. This is this is like the ultimate. Like today, in like big corporations, don't give a single fuck about you. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, ah, uh, grandma. Like, she's gonna be testing the latest unstable kernel update and uh she might blue screen every five minutes but that's all right because then we'll find out about it yeah. send feedback yeah and it's like this like the funniest part is like a lot of this can co like cost people actual money right like 
when they're like, oh, my computer broke. I have to take it to someone who knows what they're doing. And I have to pay money to get someone to fix it. I actually just want to point out, I love the stock photo in this, uh, in this image, uh, in this, uh, it's a man looking at his computer and he looks very upset. Like what the hell? And it's a Mac. <laughs> Excellent. Good selection. Oh boy. Um, <laughs> um this also ties into the Windows O Day that was um has been apparently leveraged by some new group. Um I didn't read too much into this, but um apparently there's two different vulnerabilities that were um one of them was this uh attack the kernel transaction manager and the other was um Escape, yeah, no, that one is escaping the sandbox of Chrome and Edge web browsers. Um, I forget what the other one is, though. But do anybody read into these actual CVs? Yeah, it's Windows stuff. Where's, where's Zoth? <laughs> the Zoth signal. Oh, yeah. No, um, no they're just uh, interesting. Two new ones that are just being exploited in the wild. Yeah, I think uh, though that this is just uh, another one on the pile sort of thing, almost. Yes. Um, hold on, where's the other one that I was trying to show? Oh, yeah, so... Don't worry, there's what? nothing distracting going on to make that air or anything. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Good lord, drama, 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 drama. I think it's drama. uh, it, the interesting note on this more so is that it's it was actively being exploited by uh, by people that were being tracked as well. Um, so there was malware earlier this year that was uh, identified. So, uh, what it was, it was a known. Who's leading the charge on that one? Uh, what company? Kaspersky. Ah, so could Kaspersky have created no, that? They may have. They are the only ones that can detect it. You never know. I I really do kind of wonder, just for tangent for a minute, how many viruses, like percentage wise, have been introduced by antivirus companies? You really gotta wonder. Yeah, it's age old argument, right? That's how they sell stuff. Yeah. Create your own uh, customers, right? Right. Same with DDoS. My Taco Bell's <laughs> here. I'll be right back. <laughs> Hell yeah! Yeah. Um, there's little office <laughs> boys to sell you uh, to sell Cloudflare. <laughs> um, the another really funny one that I wanted to, to bring up from the show notes was the HSBC uh, bank password thing. Did anyone see that on uh, Twitter? Um, basically, (laughs) so you basically can enter any additional characters as uh, on a password and it's just accepted as a successful login and Mm. the HSBC does not classify that as any issue at all, but it's just like one of those things where just like, how does that, how do you even do that? Like, how, like, what do you, how are you comparing it? It reminds me of like the, the way the old Microsoft password used to work where like, it didn't matter, like length or anything as long as it's got truncated to 14 characters and split it and all that oh also brought to uppercase like stuff like that we're just like are you using that somehow like i don't know 
Yeah, yeah I think it's... Uh, it, it's pretty known how to write password comparisons say, like securely using many different methods. Like, there's a lot of different ways to do it, but there's some known ways that are, are known not to be trash. And there's some known ways that, like, you know, if, if you just have a some guy writes you this really weird password function and you're at a bank, so you're assuming there's a level of code auditing or something going on, you would imagine they go like, you know, that password function is really weird rolling your own. Do you think maybe you could use something that we know, know work? Yeah, you would, I mean, yeah, you would think that like this wouldn't be a, just a thing in general. Like it's harder to write something like that bad than it is to, uh, <laughs> right? Right, and yeah. just take like some known code. Yeah, like you, implementing bcrypt isn't very hard. And, you know, you want to do a 25 pass bcrypt, you automate it's like got built-in salting and all kinds of stuff. It's, we know that that's not bad. We yeah. don't know it's the best, but we do know that it's difficult to crack. And if you, you know, there's, yeah, it, there's ways to handle it. Yeah. It's like dedication to being medi like mediocre is like what it comes down to. Right. Um, oh. So you were we going to talk about some of the the router stuff that was looked at at the bottom of the uh, since we're going to get into IoT oh, yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Actually, do you want to talk about that? Uh, I'm trying to do something right now. Yeah. So I mean. Uh, what was it? Cyberitl.org, the that link. Uh, there's some stuff in there where they they reviewed 28 uh, home routers for for hardening features, um, and they they said they didn't uh, you know they didn't perform well. Surprise, and they found a Linux uh, MIPS architecture bug as well. Surprise. Um, I think most oh, like a lot of the stuff coming out these days is more ARM than MIPS, but you know, MIPS is still around. But I don't think like it, a lot of the the stuff I've done with with routers and, and you know Soho shit is the bugs aren't in you know it's not because you don't have ASLR in depth it's because there's like a shell script in a CGI bin or there's like some like dirty code somewhere that's you know it doesn't matter how many security mechanisms you put in like you're gonna need to actually start writing good code like a lot of them you know you can get code execution you can get um you know you can dump the configs and by auth bypass and those kind of things without uh any of the the hardening features of the os required so i think there's still a long way to go before it gets to the point where we're like oh yeah that router got owned because it didn't have uh you know aslr and depth and stack guards and whatever yeah it reminds me of that uh someone posted it was like like when you get your users to stop uh enable it like clicking enable macros you can worry about apts right <laughs> yeah not to say that like there has been some bugs recently that i've seen for example there's one in uh german upmp um soho like uh, sorry german soho routers uh specifically the upmp function where you could make upmp um uh, requests, but it would never work for that. But there was memory corruption bugs through um, that exposed service as well. So 
it is the case where should the should heartening have been present on that device um that it may not have been easily exploitable um however that's like not the general case you know for if, if you're getting the router from your isp it's probably got something way simpler to exploit like a way less complex bug uh required to root it yeah, yeah, definitely a lot of them are made to be like, uh, oh, yeah, we threw some code on there. No one's ever going to see it, like, whatever. Yeah, and also uh, branded um, interfaces and things like that. When you go to your uh, to the router interface and you log in, it's got the ISP logo and stuff. And, you know, then there's a good chance as well, like, lots of those routers that are being sent out aren't receiving updates like TR69 is in use a lot more these days. So people are pushing like ISPs are pushing OTA um, updates to routers and so not over the air, but I guess what it, I guess that's what's referred to OTA stuff. Um, so re remote firmware upgrades and stuff like that um, in a managed sort of fashion, but routers have EOLs and once they, you know, once they EOL, that's it. Um, and if the ISP has got a custom rolled firmware that they've, they're, they're using and they're not really in too much of a partnership for a specific device long-term with a, with the manufacturer, it's going to EOL pretty quickly, like maybe a year or something. And then that's the end. Um, but how do you tell, how do you tell the customer, Hey, you got to go buy a new router and we're not sending you. Like, that's not very good business. So just yeah. don't say anything and they'll just keep it forever. Yeah, I mean, I still see like the WRT fifty four Gs out in the wild sometimes. My favorites, <laughs> my absolute favorites. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, it's like these devices, they they live in the wild for a long time. And uh, the other thing is, yeah, a lot of, like you were saying, sometimes you will like get on like a router, um, and it'll have software from like nineteen ninety six written on it too like yeah so i've got um i got a device that i was looking at i haven't looked at it for a while but it is a current device and it's uh it's a mips um device which is still running into 2.6 kernel i assume it has some backports to a point but i mean it's not a you know it's not an up-to-date device at all but it is still a uh a, a current device so It's those things, they're still there. They're not going away anytime soon. They're stuck on the internet and everyone forgot. Yeah. Those and like boxes that are stuck out in the wild, like you were talking about, where no one can touch them. Yeah. So one of the, one of the, those types of devices actually in the wild that was pretty funny was um, these, these actually have been fixed. There's, uh, I don't know, I got slides up about them, but they were the, those, they're, they're uh, 3G backhaul things for providing customers ADSL or whatever. And they're literally in the middle of nowhere. Um, those are managed by the telcos, but that's the case where they happen to be. What about the ones that you don't know about that are in, you know, you have to send a technician 300 kilometers into the desert because that's where a farmer lives. <laughs> like he can't fix his own router. So now what? Um, and there's a requirement as well, uh, to provide the ability to call emergency services as well in Australia, at least. So 
that's a case where the telco would need to you know have someone troubleshoot uh, a router or something. And if there's no reason to troubleshoot, then they never look at it because it works. Nice. Someone in chat just said I ISP bragged about 20 year uptime. On a... <laughs> yep, that sounds Sweet. about right. Hey, RQ, were you talking about uh, year of the BSD router? Uh, yeah. I guess that's uh, most, most Juniper stuff, right? Is uh, all BSD based. Man, name I haven't heard. What else do we have on like the Goodreads section here? Uh, oh, there was that um, a Jenkins uh, anonymous users uh, could prove ask to an admin. Boy. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. So you needed to uh, you needed to have an account, I think, was the was the at least, and I think the requirement was you did need to be in it or not be in a in groups specifically. That's I mean that's pretty scary. It's like the it's almost like the Kubernetes thing, right? Or it's just like these things have so much like overarching control that. Uh, it's just scary. Yeah, there was a funny one. Um, there was a fun, it was in uh, in OpenStack where there was uh, a user a, a group enumeration um, with the federated logon where if you if you were in uh, so we would basically populate your your groups and your your cloud services um, based on external groups that you're you know, with LDAP or whatever and. If you're in no groups, it happened to put you in every group. So, <laughs> and that included admins and you know, cloud managers and stuff like that. So, oh, so someone says Jenkins by default has normal users as admin if registration is open. Yeah, I mean, I would assume that registration would be hopefully be closed. I mean, if you got if you have an unprotected Jenkins, like you have bigger. Yeah, I was actually last night as I was uh, as I was playing, I was looking at um, these Apple fishing kits. I had I was looking for uh, two words in like URLs. I was looking for Apple and I was looking for Jenkins <laughs> just to see uh, and see what was out there. Hell Lots yeah. of fun stuff. I think CI is CI is always interesting as well because if you have the ability to have like to to create a build, then you technically have the ability to execute code. It's always there's always like that element of danger with um with CI. Yeah, and it's like why that is ever connected, like why there is ever a connected Jenkins like instance to the internet is like just completely beyond me. Oh, I definitely have, you know, I've had arguments around uh, CI being connected to the internet for a couple of reasons. And one of them being during the process, it needs to pull packages and they're pulling packages directly from 
um, the great so the best sources, like obviously NPM, um, you know, that Go uh, is obviously pulling stuff out of GitHub and things like that. So. Oh yeah, well I mean just like publicly facing, like I've seen like Jenkins dot. It's like yeah like not adding it or anything just giving it a domain and a raw ip and being like What's yeah up, guys? <laughs> yeah it's like that's that's playing it pretty fast and loose yeah i i definitely think it's you know if you're going to deploy that stuff put a, at least you know nat it behind something and uh if possible use internal mirrors and you know update those mirrors yourself uh and and pull in just the packages you need so that somebody doesn't add like doesn't left pad you <laughs> Good old left pad. Hey, yes. Um, hey, so uh, everybody here also, um, just remember in the cheat code section to check out the uh, Broken Crew uh, Discord exploit. It's uh, it's quite a doozy. So, <clears throat> but yeah. Do you guys want to get into talking about our IoT stuff? Wait, I'm down. Discord exploit. Where's this? Uh, it's in cheat codes. Oh man, I'm closing Discord right now. See you later. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, so I have this list here, and so we were kind of just putting it together because there's just so many. Um, I'm gonna throw this into voiceless voice so that we can go over it together. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The link got, I had to get updated, I guess, for the Discord exploit, but it's there. Piece to broken crew. Um, <laughs> so yeah, um, basically we wanted to do a countdown, or not, a, not really a formal countdown, but just discuss some of the funniest uh, IoT products that are out there right now. Um, it's IoT as well as just sketchy data services that exist, like uh, parental spyware and like giving your DNA to random people, stuff like that. Um, so, um, I guess we'll uh, just get into it. The, the first few of these here are just really dumb, and they kind of get scarier. Um, so, yeah, does anybody have any any thoughts before we start on this? Oh, shit, let's go. All right. So the first one here is this Bluetooth-enabled fork, which I'll put into chat. And this is just... I don't even know. It's just so when I when I look up like Bluetooth enabled anything, it just I don't know. I just feel like there's just so there's such a glut of products. There's so many, but it's just out of control. This one is currently unavailable. I had another one that is similar to this, but it basically it it uh up you upload your eating data for analysis and coaching, and so the data is uploaded via USB to your online dashboard to track your progress. Uh, it's healthier eating habits. I don't understand how a fork could help you get better eating habits, but having your eating patterns of when you eat and how much you use your fork is just a very weird thing to give to wow. anybody. It's not going to help when your fat ass is fucking shoveling ice cream into your mouth with a spoon. <laughs> <laughs> because you can't, can't differentiate between the like items. You could be eating, you know, fried chicken, or you could be eating a salad. It doesn't matter as right. long as you're just using it. It just <laughs> seems like something that you're using to just collect data about people eating. That's pretty much all it is. Yeah. yeah. Is it how much? Like, but like, is it getting like the weight of like how much is on the fork? Because 
<laughs> like, by weight, like how fat your fingers are, you mean, or what? Yeah, like how yeah, maybe you're missing a few fingers or something. Because I don't know, man. Do this. <laughs> There's so many questions. This reminds me of every time someone says, "Oh, I have a million dollar idea." Uh, like but Jeff. I don't have any money, and I need you to uh, do everything. Oh, I fucking hate those people. I'll give you part of it, though. Yeah, you can put it on your portfolio. Yeah, it's like um, it's like the Shark Tank stuff. Like, Which one of the items that we have on this list here is Shark Tank related. Um, but yeah, it's just one of those things where it's like, why? Why? The only thing, the only thing that will come out of this is a company will make money off of this selling your And you just bought, for some reason... A sixty dollar four. That's amazing. Yeah, it looks like something out of a hospital as well. Like when when you're eating with it, wouldn't you be like, oh, "This is pretty old." Like, oh, this really fits in well with the china. <laughs> the other really dumb one that's a similar food product. There is a water bottle that has a connected smart lid, um, and it, it also seems to only work with. Apple products on here. I don't know why. Um, it says it requires iOS 7 and works with the following Apple devices. There's only an iPhone version, which is very strange. Um, but so, yeah, this one here, it, it calculates your suggested hydration goal based on your personal data, gives you real time temperature readings, charts your daily, weekly, and monthly hydration progress. Uh, you know what I do? To track my hydration, I just go like get a big water bottle and drink from, it. and then if it's empty, I drank all the water. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're in, so it's a pretty good. Ending. What I I do it by going to the emergency room when I get my kidney stones. That that's <laughs> telling me. You do some water real quick. Wait, um, so. Is is this child like this is Bluetooth, but it also like it's got like USB port on the back. Is it just for charging or is like Um I don't I don't know actually. Um well, somebody has one that'd be cool to know. Um but it <laughs> oh, please let somebody we know have one. <laughs> <laughs> Does anybody have one of these amazing uh well, also, it has a micro USB port, but it's an all Apple related stuff, which is interesting. Um, I couldn't afford the yeah. uh, branding on that. Uh, uh, yeah, I think you're cutting out a little bit. Really big in 2019, so. It doesn't actually look like a good water bottle to use either. Like, it, its primary function as to hydrate you looks pretty. Yeah, I wonder if what if you put smart water in your smart water bottle? Oh man, that's a fifty cent idea right there. <laughs> you can pay me someone. Get this man some VC funding. Blockchain smart water <laughs> smart water bottle. Oh man, you would be able to. Uh... Spring to bathroom blockchain track the water, and uh, <laughs> you would definitely want to be able to, you know, track where you, you know, you go on the internet 
be able to type a code in and be like, where did my water come from? Oh, it came from uh, it came from an African well filled with cholera. <laughs> you have dysentery. <laughs> like blood uh, diamonds oh, from blood water. Oregon tried so, all over again. <laughs> Who's ready to this one start here. cyber water with me? This one yeah. here, um, the next one is is really funny. So this is a a Wi-Fi LED smart bulb, but it's a knockoff of like a Hue. And so it says that it works with you know Google Assistant, Alexa, you know uh, IFTTT, uh, um, but it it's just some random one. And so as we know about random IoT devices, just from random places, is they're usually talking back to some server that you've never heard of that you'll never know, like what it is. It's just literally this, like, yeah. There's all these just really sketchy, sketchy products. Like MG, you remember that USB cable that connected back to those servers in China just randomly? There was already a spy cable um, that you could use to remotely trigger it and listen into um, people and GPS track them because it had a little cell modem in the boot of the USB cable. But it also had a back door in that as well, that connected to another backend randomly and just gave all the data there. And it had this full like um, backend. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That was uh, spread across. They basically were copying and pasting the code between different manufacturing companies, and each one stood it up on their back end, and that code kind of, uh, the holes in the code, and the, I mean, you could enumerate stuff. Everything was horrible about that stuff, but uh, yeah, it was it was everywhere. <laughs> yeah, it really was. It was like, there's so many things like this, and I just, I do not trust, I already don't trust any of these kind of devices, but the cheaper and sketchier the knockoff the more likely it's going to be backdoored and communicating somewhere like that and the fact that you can just hide microphones and like random crap in um in these devices is just also scarier i don't know i just if something is that cheap and it has that cool of a, of a an actual uh feature i definitely don't trust it <laughs> i think with these devices as well an interesting thing to point out is that while they're huge knockoffs they don't require a hub so it's the kind of thing where the light bulb gets plugged in and now, you know, like, when do you ever look at it again? Oh yeah, the lights are on, the lights are off, the lights are on. It's not a light switch rave. <laughs> I wonder if they have their own app too, which would be interesting. Yeah. Um, the next one that was on here on this list, well, where'd it go? was the iKettle. So this is an actual write-up from Pendesk Partners, but how many of you have been on Shodan and seen iKettle stuff just randomly? Um, it has like a very specific port that you can connect to. Um, and yeah, it just spits out data. Can you burn just a kettle? Can you burn people's houses down with it? Um, you can do, you can like break it remotely. You can remotely tell it into it. There's like a... Um, yeah. What's it called? Yeah, there's an AT command set in there as well because it's like a GPRS modem for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah, it also has the, the Wi Fi key is in, you can retrieve it through an AT command. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. <laughs> you can just then use it to pivot into a network that way. I love it. It's amazing. So good. 
I'd like to just in the end there. That's interesting. This is the same bug we found in the Fitbit Aria scales and the Ring Wi-Fi doorbell. Thanks, Pentest partners. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's a doozy. But this one though, like, so these kind of things, like when you have stuff that just is online by default, when you come in with just by plugging it in and attaching it to your network, it's just something to just always look out for. Like, I remember I got. Um, there was this, I was with Hermit, we went to this, um, this Walmart and we got, we we're in the clearance section, um, and got a $5, um, Wi-Fi plug that as you have to download the worst app I have ever seen to communicate with it. And all it was, was an EO, an ESP8266 in this. It wasn't anything special at all. It was just that within a club, uh, plug that was controlling a relay to turn it on and off. And so... It was in the, um, you had to use an app and you connect to it. And I did, uh, I was running um, Wireshark on our TCP dump, I forget which one. I then ended up, got a, ended up getting a PCAP file from this that I realized that it was just sending my plain text username, I mean, you know, password to my Wi-Fi my, and my Wi-Fi's SSID to some random server in China. that. I, you know, log into, it's running Windows Server 2003 with RDP enabled. And it's like, why is my data coming here? Like, why is this all being exfiltrated to this this weird, horrible server that I wouldn't trust anything personal on at all? Um, just, yeah, <laughs> just reminded me of that really bad. But I think the main thing there is that you were able to say, oh, shit, this is weird. Oh, let's look at it. Oh, wow. It's on this like crazy Chinese thing. Whereas everybody else who bought that product, because you weren't the only one, they took it home and plugged it in and they're probably using it. Yeah. No, absolutely. Totally. Using it today. And the funny thing is like, uh, it's just like, you know, the bad USB cables and stuff like how like I wonder how many of these kind of things have actually been like leveraged against companies, that kind of thing. It's a very real world like physical attack scenario, not physical but real world attack scenario. When you just bring in terrible shit. I think yeah, definitely it's happened. If not, if not to most companies, all of them probably all to, uh, corporations like. Uh, corp top 500, Forbes 500, whatever you want to call it. So, um, I don't yeah. remember off the top of my head, but what was that? Oh, I guess there's been a few, uh, like what those sites where they track, um, like they take the output from, like, I don't know, back in the day, it used to be NetStumbler, I guess, Kismet these days and stuff like that. Uh, and I would, would take all the SSIDs and give approximate, um, GPS locations on them. Like, oh, yeah, uh, Weigel. Yeah, so like now you've got um, now you've got that kind of device, and you go like, right, give me a geogrid of the ones that have been like you know all that data, so your SSID that has been farmed off to China. And you, let, let's get a user people's uh, collected data. Sorry, other people have collected the data now to correlate like where these devices are like located on the map as well. So 
Like, what else is in range if we exploit this and they live next door to Microsoft's office or it's in Microsoft's or you know? Yeah, you gotta wonder how much they find on the with their blue teams or monitoring or whatever. Like, how many how many times do they find it, or is it automatically even blocked by? Uh, vendors as background noise but in actuality it's it's serious espionage stuff going on pretty interesting stuff to think about i'm fighting a serious fucking sinus uh headache right now so my bad and i sound like garbage i love it i can hear your uh can hear a sign of fucked up there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> little Need little a, bit nicely an there. IoT tissue. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah, to analyze how much uh how much is comes out of your nose at a time. <laughs> the average weight sends it back to China. I'm gonna do it on my keyboard and hope that it's uh collecting the telemetry because it's an it's a Apple products, so I'm sure it is, right? Like it's got <laughs> the telemetry. Like how how fast did your sneeze really come out? Did you harder <laughs> than your friends? Yes. Oh god, I can just imagine like seven year olds and like the sneeze challenge. Uh, reminds me of that app where like the entire app was like to throw your phone up in the air, like see how high you could throw your phone. That was a that was a POC for an, uh, maybe a Google device, I think, an Android, where uh, they were like, yeah, you can throw your phone and it won't break. We don't suggest that you actually do this, but like, can you see what the accelerometer captures? Yeah, I just remember the story of it being yanked from like the, the Play Store or not, yeah, like uh, the Apple Store, App Store, uh, because people were just you know, obviously breaking their devices by throwing them up in the air. Yeah, people often, uh, you know, don't don't really think past what the instructions say. Like, <laughs> hmm, maybe if I throw in my phone, it might break. I don't know the instructions say it's fine. Oh, well, that was the uh, on the App Store. There was the iPad scales. Do you recall that? Oh God, that's good. Yeah. yeah, people stood on their iPads and they fucking broke. <laughs> Surprise! There's the good old uh, like, oh yeah, a new new feature of new iPhones. You can charge it by putting it in the microwave. Yeah, might have trolled a few people with AA batteries in the microwave charge. <laughs> <laughs> um, yo, the um, actually the next whole section I wanted to get into was about baby and kid stuff. Um, this one that was really creepy to me. Um, the actually, I think Nux found it. It's the Pacify, the world's smartest pacifier thermometer that allows you to remotely monitor your baby's temperature conveniently with your smartphone. This is what was on the list here. This is a pacifier that just collects data on your baby for some reason. I just, I don't get it. I don't know. I don't have kids, so I don't really relate as much to it. But still, Didn't do you need to like? Do you need to have a pacifier that is just that has an IoT pacifier? I don't know. <laughs> I, I swear there was a news story about these getting owned or something, didn't they? 
I'm not sure. I um, mean, the data doubt is not terribly useful, but yeah, it's it's just another why do you possibly need this thing, you know? And then, of course, there's going to be like these paranoid mothers checking, hitting F5, refresh. And then all of a sudden, the baby's like going to take it out of their mouth or something, but they're not going to realize it. And then the temperature is going to start going down. And then all these thoughts are going to start racing through their mind about, oh, my God, why is the temperature plummeting? And it's just a terrible idea. altogether. It's just like, I feel like it's one of those things that like, uh, like markets to like the like insane, like unhealthy paranoia and like helicopter parenting kind of thing. It's like it kind of like perpetuates like a a bad, a bad bad thing. A bad version of uh, Black Mirror. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, like the whole like parent surveillance thing is uh, whew. it's fucking creepy. Yeah. I I think it's kind of, it's kind of like the opposite, like. Uh... You got sh- some shitty parents out there that just want to stare at their phone all day, no matter what, anyway, instead of paying attention to their kids. So now they can just be like, oh, yeah, baby's still alive. And they don't even have to get off Facebook. <laughs> it's kind of like companies that run app scans or like NASA scans, and they consider that a pen test, just like check off the compliance sheet. Like, yeah, I'm parenting. This kid's at a certain temperature today. <laughs> That really yeah. oh down. i'm pci compliant what's what would <laughs> that be fuck what would pci compliant be like a parent child. that's like checking their wi-fi thermometer yeah like oh yeah baby is breathing that's cool what happens when baby is not breathing like how what's the latency <laughs> from the time baby stops breathing to the time that like pacifier tells you about it god <laughs> yeah i don't know it's fucking that's a scary <laughs> We need it's very, very dismal. God damn, we should have gotten crazed on this one. He, because he's a new dad, he would have, he would have had some funny uh, stuff to input on this. But yeah, it's just the parenting stuff mixed in with it. It just really adds a new twist of dementedness. <laughs> well, yeah, and not to mention, like, obviously not the pacifier. Like the that data being harvested is kind of whatever, but like. Yes, my creepy obsession with baby temperatures. <laughs> Real specific niche, niche of weirdo out there. Was, uh... was creepy. Yeah. What about like like nanny cams and stuff like that as well? Like you know where they have the the um, the camera in like the bear or whatever, and they're like checking on the nannies, make sure the nanny doesn't shake the baby. But like, what about? Like, we've seen plenty of IP cams, like, you know, where the nanny cam's connected to the cloud, and all of a sudden you can find them on Shodan, and a bunch of creeps are like looking at babies sleep. Yeah. Oh, boy, man. But the parents can check on the baby while they're not there, right? The parents can leave the baby in the crib, and then they can go down to the local uh, tavern, have a few beers, look on their phone. Oh, yeah, baby. <laughs> hey, who wants to see my baby? Yeah, look how nice sleeping. Like who's who's with them? Oh me, I've got them on the on the cam. <laughs> Imagine if those products made their ways into like daycare centers. Like if you think it's creepy, like your parents are using it. Like what if the daycare was facilitating 
Yeah, they just have everything on a bunch of cameras and a bunch of biometric sensors that are just sensing the aggregate temperature of the room because it, you know, like I don't know, some weird data analytics that basically says that the kids are not dead. Yeah, or like, what if like the company like that makes this shit gives it to the daycare and is like, here, get it at a discount price if you let us keep the data for whatever creepy purpose we want for the data. Yeah, and that's a huge thing. I think that that's something that a lot of people who buy these sorts of products for people, even if they do it in absolute earnest, saying, oh, you know, I'd love for you to have this thing and make your life easier. Well, it's still not considering the fact that there's zero accountability for any of these companies if anything happens. If your entire baby's life and DNA sequence gets somehow leaked, which it probably will in the future, it there's nothing that anybody's going to be able to do about it. It's just yeah. So uh, I think it's Ancestry.com. Have we got that on the list? I don't think we did. So Ancestry.com have been advertising on TV here, uh, or is Ancestry.com that I, I don't know, whatever, to get uh, a gene sequencing kit for your family members for Christmas, so you can, so they can find out. You know, there's that whole episode of South Park where Randy finds out that he's part Neanderthal. And, uh, you know, it's like, do I, as a responsible person, do I really want my family using that stuff, which doesn't just extend, you know, if I give it to, um, a cousin or a sibling or your parents or something, there's a very good chance that your DNA is not very. So. Oh yeah. Well, it's like that. Yeah. Like we saw with the, what was the whatever killer that just got arrested, it was like, yeah, oh yeah, my cousin took a DNA test and now, uh, now they know I'm a, I'm a murderer. Right, yeah. It's like, yeah, it's, it's, it's creepy that the amount of, like, separation that you can have and still be identifiable um, means that, like, obviously it's easy to build up a very large database that, uh, kind of captures a unique fingerprint that can be associated with yeah. everyone in the country. But as well, I think like samples. The the length of the the genome, right, like is obvious, for humans is obviously pretty long. Like I'm no geneticist. Like I'm just gonna use some some uh, some base knowledge here. But the length is pretty long and like people are really close to like trees and other stuff, right? So how much of the data actually is just the people part? to create your individuality like it's they're only looking at a small part of it right yeah so, yeah and it also yeah it depends on a lot of uh what pieces and parts they're looking at but yeah it's think, like the, the real thing that i think is the issue is that people are just so down with just giving away this kind of information at all times 23andme had like a data breach right which is another item that we had on the list 23andMe is something that a lot of people, including my parents, have considered or have done. My parents are like, oh, we want to get 23andMe. I'm like, please, do not. <laughs> like, I don't, like, I don't even know. Like, if people are just complicit in doing that, even though they had a breach with customer data, not the DNA data, which is of little value right now, I guess, but you don't know what it's going to be like in the future. I mean, we have the Have I Been Pwned, we have the breach compilation, which every password ever is in. You don't want to have the reach compilation dna.sql like of everybody just out there for whatever future oh, yeah. crimes and weird stuff's gonna happen it just it just seems 
so reckless. Well, not I to mention like think. marketing to people based on like their yeah, sure genetic be. predisposition to a disease, right? Like, like oh yeah, yep. you're probably going to get ass cancer, so we're going to. Well, if you want to cancer. know that from twenty three, may have to pay fifty dollars. <laughs> oh, so it's che- it's cheaper to not get the results. Yeah. It's, it's like they yeah they just want to send you. Yeah. I just got three of those as Christmas presents for people. I understand the value of wanting to know that kind of stuff. That stuff is very useful, but it seems like it should just be within the hands of like scientific and like uh, medical research stuff, like for yourself, rather than like a random app. I don't know. It just seems like it's something that yeah. that like if they if you're trusting a third party who I don't know what their qualifications are to just handle that kind of data, and then potentially again sell aggregates of data of dna analysis to other companies when they eventually analyze all the dna in the world and can't make any more money off their product and need to, to you know sell all their assets that is going to be the scenario where there's going to be random insurance companies and shady third-party companies that are just going to buy that stuff and then use it against you i mean it's going to be the case where if i get sequenced or whatever right i want to i want data to be securely handled handled sequenced properly where it's like you know no chance of contamination stuff and then it comes back on a like on a physical something only to me it's like not in a database like that's the ideal scenario and then you can analyze it as you wish with like tools or whatever like you know that looks for you know the same tools a doctor might use that gives the results and then you can or give it to your to your doctor or whatever, like, you know, like you, you can be in charge of who you share it with and where it gets analyzed. And then you're sort of in control of it. But in these cases, it's like, no, it's in, it's in the hands of third-party businesses that it's your, their product, basically like they're yeah. selling you, but you're the product, your DNA is what they really want. Yeah. It makes you think of how much does it actually cost to run those tests, right? Like how much are they making on the test itself and how much are they making on the data? Like, one of those things where like the tests themselves could be a completely like like a market that's not worth anything like from that standpoint you could be losing money on the test just to make money on the data right yeah it's like it's it's hard to really know i mean i haven't read the terms of service of 23 and me but those are obviously broken frequently um especially with wait stuff I can't wait till there's a Git repo of uh, like the way there is word lists of like DNA list, and then there's, there'll be like a, a pull request or like an issue open. Can you please re- remove my my genome from the team? <laughs> Dolphin one. Dolphin one. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> it was like the the guys like my password is in the password list. Can you please remove it? I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> I, lo- I like that about Facebook. I don't know if you ever searched delete my Facebook, but if you search that on Facebook, it's all people who are like trying to get their Facebooks deleted or recovered and they just post their, their full login. I'm like, please delete this account. It's like, <laughs> okay. Yeah, I bet Facebook's going to read that. Actually, uh, Shell had a, Wait, a pretty what? fun search on uh, Twitter this week. It was the new badge. Oh yeah. Wait, what was what was the search? Uh, people getting the oh. search search delete my Facebook on Facebook, and look at all of the different delete my Facebook groups because crafty people have set up 
uh, pages called Delete My Facebook Official. And then people go in and just give so much personal information to Mark Zuckerberg, I guess, that think they think they're talking to directly, um, to ask them to delete this information about them. And it's not, it doesn't work like that. But there's a lot of it. I actually have a hefty collection of really funny screenshots from that for a future post. Love it. Good stuff. But so speaking of, of mishandling data and breaches, so Hermit bought a smartwatch recently from VTech, and it's a really funny smartwatch. It's very, very like low quality, um, but it's funny uh, because it's you know easy to play with. And um, we looked and found on their website that there was a notification saying um, there was a cyber attack um, on VTech. And they were apologizing for it, basically. Um, I don't really know the details about the VTech attack. I think that it was uh, some data got leaked. And also people could talk to the kids directly through the devices. But that kind of stuff is, like, just a thing that happens with, like, very popular tech products. Um, and who knows what happened with all those, like, kids' data and, like, pictures of them and videos of them. It's just really, really creepy. But now, if you go to VTech's website, and if you um, go on any of their like internal services for like searching apps and stuff, if you do anything, like I, I, I searched for an apostrophe and my IP got banned and I still can't go back to the website. <laughs> it immediately classifies it as a as a malicious attempt to do something and it just bans you instantly outright. Um, so, man, can you can you sp uh, spoof the head up uh, exported and then just set your IP to like like zero dot zero and then search for a quote <laughs> just I mean, ban everyone uh, for the same rule go for it guys uh i wonder i wonder who knows oh uh it looks like wish has stopped fuzzing um we get some more searches in here <laughs> ran through the fuzz list more yeah. fuzz. If, anybody, if anybody wants to be in our bot fuzzing channel and fuzz any of our magical bots, uh, go for it. My favorite one was that the Bible bot is like, it'll search through the entire Bible and so, and give you back every instance. So if you search for the letter E, it returns almost every single one. It takes like a minute to get back to you with the results. <laughs> Yeah, there's some really cool bots on here, though, that we found interesting to play with. But yeah, um, a lot of these are just hitting APIs that were actually, those are what we're actually fuzzing. So it's cool to see. But we've, uh, if you check the pinned uh, messages in the bot fuzzing channel, there's some really interesting results in there. Um, so yeah, uh, the next last one we have here is from L'Oreal. L'Oreal released a smart hairbrush for some reason. I don't know why, um, but it's apparently Apparently, a hairbrush that just checks the quality of your hair by brushing your hair, and it's made by a company that sells hair products. <laughs> the L'Oreal Research and Innovation Technology Incubator. <laughs> oh yeah! Wow. <laughs> Sweet. Hair health, sixty-five <laughs> percent. Oh my god. Yeah, I feel like a lot of this kind of stuff too, a lot of the actual products themselves don't seem like they really add much value or do anything. 
like how does this actually work so it says here this this product here a microphone that listens to the sound of hair brushing to identify patterns providing insights into manageability frizziness dryness split ends and breakage a three access load cells or three access load cells that measure the force applied to the hair and to the scalp when brushing an accelerometer and a gyroscope to further analyze brushing patterns and conductivity <laughs> sensors to determine if the brush is being used on dry or wet hair in order to provide an accurate hair measurement. Why? Why why can't people just use their <laughs> fucking hand to figure that out? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It, I mean, really like, don't get me wrong. People's emotions. Like yeah. if some someone's brushing their hair all pissed off, they're like, oh, Oh, yeah. to it sell. reminds me of like a mood ring or something. It's yeah, I was not about really, to say that. Yeah. It doesn't do anything. I will say that, like, the fact that someone like created metrics for all this is like neat, right? Like, there's some neat like science that you could do it. Uh, however, like the application of it in like a consumer product is it's just like ugh. Yeah, it's. I don't even know. I don't. I, a lot of these kind of things just literally seem that they don't really add much value except for just collecting data and trying to sell you more stuff. Because this yeah. app probably also has in app ads because it's made by L'Oreal. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Probably. To resell you more hair products because you're dumb enough to buy a hair brush that will sell you more products. Nice. Also, in this link here, it just has the L'Oreal share price on the top, which is really weird to just have your, have your share price in the header of your website. Um, but yeah. Cool. Um, Corporate. So we've gotten to the, the, oh, the last little thing here that I wanted to discuss was smart locks, which is interesting. There's tons and tons and tons of, of smart locks, um, whether they're Wi-Fi or Bluetooth enabled or some other weird NFC. Um, there are a lot of these kinds of locks, and they all have vulnerabilities. There's the ones that, um, what was the one that, um, who was it? Cyber Gibbons and, and Pentest Partners had looked at. Um, there's a bunch of other ones that you can just unlock randomly. It's just, I don't know. I don't, I don't see why anybody would ever, ever, ever trust a smart lock. Yeah, it's the stuff. Like I said, it's the... It's the uh, impenetrable if you don't have a screwdriver. <laughs> yeah, it's, I don't know. It's completely ridiculous. I can't believe that, that, like, this is an actual product because then some, you know, bigger companies will make stuff like this and they might even do a pretty okay job. But then there's random third-party shitty companies that just decide to get into this business and throw something onto the market, no matter what it is, and call it a smartwatch or smart, I mean, a smart lock. And just think that that's okay. Um, yeah. So this, uh, I think I just shared it. Yeah. This wireless door lock. So there's, uh, you know, breakdowns of the different types of them. They all look terrible. Like it. I don't. I don't get it. And some of them integrate with like other vulnerable stuff, like Nest and Ring. You know, that just. Yeah. <laughs> like one of them here is you can uh, has voice commands with Siri, and uh, remote uh, control with uh, Apple TV. Like. Why would you want to have like anything like that? Like a lock that just so, goes through like, Apple TV through your Siri, like yeah, like I think uh, a lot of people, I guess, are 
cashing in on this whole like smart IoT type thing, like smart home stuff. Um, one of the things that I have seen advertised as well was a uh, like a, a, a hose thing that uh, turns the, the tap on and off, basically. So like you, you leave the physical tap on mm-hmm. and it's a Bluetooth connected tap. Like imagine just walking around, like going around or driving around neighborhoods and just like blasting out like whatever you need to do to turn the tap on, just turning all the taps on. Like just what is to stop anyone from doing that? Like, I don't know, like with the Bluetooth pin, the pairing pin, like a six digit, like number that you <laughs> through, like, you, you know, you capture it and then you, you, you smash it through a, whatever the thing's called to crack it. Like, yeah. Also, can I just uh, say that apparently L'Oreal, I just looked, uh, they have 35 different Android apps that they've published. What the nice. What do they even for... do? That's more yeah. like oh my god, dude. That's that's more than me. <laughs> yeah. Like a fucking a hair company is putting out more apps than somebody that's actually interested in tech. Yeah, one of them is for a smart UV patch that tells you how long you've been in the sun. Which is actually kind of neat. I will say that. Oh, uh, it's useless to me. So whatever. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> well, I've seen your skin tone. You've never seen the sun in your life. Translucent. Dude, I've only ever yeah, seen you at nighttime for real. <laughs> but yeah, thirty-five apps. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Yeah, and they all just, they're all, all of this is just 100% marketing. That's all it is. It's yeah. insane. Um, the other one that I found too that I, of Post and Voices Voice, is just sad. Um, <laughs> it's not really an IoT product, but if you, if you, I don't know, this is as a gift for anybody. It's just, it's just the digital two in one iPod activity seat for iPad. It's just basically a giant, extension of an ipad that a little kid the toilet that you sit on and it's just yeah it's just kind of depressing there's also 51 unanswered questions in this amazon thing but oh yes what's really funny like the, the the ipad thing is like the extension of how to get your kid to shut up and then it's training them that when they go to the bathroom you, you that's what you do you put your phone out and just sit there like it's getting them young Getting them young, training them to be to to use their smart device in the bathroom. So somebody just said, uh, or in their questions and answers, can I get one in adult size with wheels and a motor to run errands around town? (laughs) Now that makes sense. Sign me up. Will it come with snow tires? Another one says, needs a seatbelt and a back seat and mirrors. Seriously, seriously, like. Like what? <laughs> like people want just a toilet to just drive around and it's just I don't know. That's just like the it's just the most depressing thing I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> like to like actively want and post about with your like real name on here. Yeah, <laughs> that is pretty depressing. The most uh... products just are. That's like what it is. It's just like. 
it's just trying to be as lazy as possible and just utilizing technology to not to make the world a better place, just to literally be a piece of shit and just sit around and just shit into like an iPad case, basically. That's uh, yeah. in Idiocracy. The guy's chair that uh, I forget the guy's name, but when he's watching Our My Balls, he's on in, in like a lazy boy that's also a toilet and he's drinking through a tube. Watch, you know, that's the. Uh, also, I'd like yeah. to point out this is number the like 197th most popular product in uh, in child potties. Mm. That's awesome. <laughs> There's a Can little we, uh... depressing in this video. What? Can we talk about the next depressing item that was on the list? Um, which one I is mean, this? The, are we getting into the sex toys now? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's I don't know if you. It's not really a toy. It doesn't seem there's no there's no toy about it. I think. Which one is this? <laughs> the the smart condom. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. So yeah, before we do this, I wanted to save you to the end in case there's anybody listening. If you want to just shut it off and not listen to us talk about this kind of stuff, um, you can now. Um, we'll see you next year. But so, yeah, the next thing that we'll have on here um, or to discuss is the gamut of adult products that are all Bluetooth and Wi Fi and NFC enabled. And yeah, so this smart condom. Why? So this literally, so the description of a smart condom, which I'll throw in here. Is... Oh, please do. The description is glorious. So, <clears throat> the Icon Smart Condom. Have you ever wondered how many calories you're burning during intercourse? How many thrusts? The speed of your thrusts? The duration of your sessions? Frequency? How many different positions do you use in a period of a week, a month, or a year? Ever wondered how you stack up against other people around the world? Welcome to the future of wearable technology in the bedroom. Welcome to Icon. We know you have many, or you have a lot of questions, so read the full information below. Which, yeah, there's a really sad FAQ. Uh, <laughs> holy I love that you call this it really sad. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is very 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 sad. I I okay. So the first thing that I thought of when I when I like read this was, do you remember the episode of The Office where Michael talks about uh, Holly? making him um film their like them having sex and reviewed it with them after to like give him to like to like a review like how he could improve because she was like such an hr person that like needed performance reviews <laughs> sex life. this is what it reminds me of but then the, the gamification ever wondered how you stack up against other people from around the world no i don't <laughs> like <laughs> really sad so there's actually yeah. this, the first thing I thought of from this was actually wow. a bash dog. Um, <laughs> uh, basically, I'll just read the first line without getting too far. Uh, scientists have determined the average time for intercourse is uh, four minutes. The average number of strokes per minute is nine. Uh, the average uh, penis length being six inches, and the average uh, female received 216 inches uh, or 15 feet per intercourse, three times per week, <laughs> 52 weeks in a year. So 150 times 18 makes 2,700 feet or just over a mile and a half. If you're not getting a mile and a half, like, it's like, the, the, 
this was, that was a joke. That was <laughs> supposed to be a joke. It was supposed to be a joke, and now it's not. <laughs> no. And now you're now you can be on the leaderboard. <laughs> Who wants like why? It's it's also eighty one dollars. Like <laughs> not why. Actually, I feel like it's a little. But like, is a dishwasher safe? Um, probably. Oh, I love the, the little, the, any, like having a little Bluetooth like rune on anything related to anything like that is just really sad. But Can yeah, I get yeah, that high is... score, Mario. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is just very, very sad. Um, so the thing about these kind of things is that yeah, there's all this information that gets just collected, and this one that I forget who shared this. Um, a vibrator company, WeVibe, uh, had to pay women $8,000 compensation after collecting intensity settings and other data from them without their consent. So this company was just collecting data on the usage of these kinds of products that they explicitly they would not collect and share. And they did um, on, like, sex toys. Like, why? It would be pretty <laughs> interesting if, like, you're a porn producer and you wanted to see, like, what portions of your film were the most intimate like it might help you in like producing more detailed or longer um, content there's, uh, there's a million different like weird hypotheticals but who i think isn't that stuff already tracked the same way i i saw it i think one of the things of the porn aspect is that it already has pushed the internet since the beginning of the internet you know like it's um I guess there was probably porn streaming before, like regular YouTube that we the YouTube we know now. Real, um, real player. Yeah, and you know there was all, <laughs> like all these technologies and stuff came from that. But uh, with those, like we see even in the analytics of YouTube videos and and Twitter, uh, not Twitter, Twitch videos and stuff, you can already see where your most watched sections are. So I guess like that would be gathering the same metrics without using a device, like a much easier way to gain those metrics. And then I would say that it probably already being, you know, sucked up in a bunch of ways without a device. So. Right. But then how do we get our billion dollars from the VC guys? Uh, it's probably from just making heaps of porn, really. I think it's pretty, yeah, it's, it's a pretty lucrative business. That's a that's a billion dollar idea, making heaps of porn. Yeah. Oh, blank uh, check. Can you uh, use the word blockchain in there though? <laughs> oh hell yeah. <laughs> so the, the there's been a, quite a few talks about this actually in reports um from people I just posted into Voices Voice about the legacy vulns in sex toys, and that's a huge thing. There's actual vulnerabilities in a lot of these and they're the same as any other IoT devices where they're just open up to the internet for some reason um, and they just are able, people are able to just literally like watch you have sex and it's just not, like that's weird. Like, I don't understand why you'd ever want to have anything like this. I, well, the, the, vulner, like, the vulnerabilities, I guess, in, in sex toys already, I guess, is like searching for those being known as screw driving. The fact that yeah, it even has right. a term. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it's already a thing. 
it's too late. We've come too far. There's no turning back. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. But it's just also at the same time, like, yeah, they're doing it, but it's the same marketing issues that are in all of this. It's, it's the same no marketing issues, like marketing and trying to get stuff out onto the market as quickly as possible is the reason why there are these issues as well. So then there's all these really shady companies that are trying to copy off of another big company that made the first, I don't know, whatever, sex toy. And then they just, or any other IoT product for that matter, they just slap an ESP8266 on something with the same default configuration that every single person who's ever built anything with that knows, and they just let it loose on the internet. So what was that? Uh, um, oh, man. There was a Wii, it was a Wii add-on that was supposed to come out using the Wiimotes functionality to have an interactive session with your partner over the internet. And I don't know if it ever came to fruition, but I remember reading about it like sometime. Um, But I think like those ideas of building stuff like that has already, I guess, not specifically with the Nintendo Wii, but with other you know, other devices, I'm pretty sure that you can already interact with them over the internet. So, uh, yeah. tele, it's called uh, tele dildonics. Oh yes, you could right. probably make a fair bit of money if there was like a business where you were just like connecting people on Omegle or some shit like that had those fucking. Oh my things. god, it's it's a weird thought, but like Blank you can check. Like, let's say you charge like a dollar a month for admission to the service. That's it's not some bad money if you get a bunch of people that are into that. Are you a pimp at that point, though? A cyber pimp? Yup. <laughs> I dibs that handle. I dibs that handle. <laughs> uh, so yeah, this has definitely been thinking about this because there are going to be more and more of these kinds of products that are going to continue to come out, continue to come out, and we're going to continue to find vulnerabilities and continue to just have these aggressive size of just disbelief and frustration. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, if anybody here got any of these products for anybody, um, I don't know, I guess uh, also when you do talk, talk to them, talk to them about the potential vulnerabilities that could happen because there are tons of stuff that we haven't even been able to get to in this sort of field um, with very specific and well-known vulnerabilities that don't really hurt the co- company that much. They just do a, an apology page and some uh, filtering on their website, and then kaboom, they're secure. Oh, wow. Someone in the Twitch chat said people are simulating sex in VR chat using teledildonics. Oh, that's really interesting. That's, I didn't even think of uh, that, but. Well, oh. VR, ch- so like Second Life already, like I've, I've seen some weird places on Second Life, and there's like, 3D modelers and animators who basically make their living uh, like I don't know if anyone knows I don't know how many people know this and if you do I feel sorry for you like I feel sorry for myself um it's a sad state where like their entire like thing is building like thrusting actions for models and modeling like high quality like uh, anatomy of not just humans but also like like furry stuff and like other weird fetish things that people are, I don't know, whatever, whatever, whatever people, you know, but 
all a spectrum of things that people want to role play as. And then you think about that second life. Now you're adding VR to the whole thing. And now you're adding internet dildos. <laughs> like, where does it, what next? Are people going to be simulating that they're other species or something? I don't know. Is that a, does that go into like the crime zone? I'm not sure. <laughs> the crime zone. <laughs> yeah, like where does that? Where do you? Where does it, the line end? I don't, I don't. I think. I think as we've seen uh, historically with sex stuff, it never ends. <laughs> that uh, just goes. It's deeper and darker. People are great. <sighs> Humanity is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, All the great technology. You know what's awesome is those those faces that were generated by Nvidia. Oh, those were really oh, neat. Yeah. yeah, fuck those faces. That fuck Nvidia for that. That's some Dude. bullshit. They're real like, life NPCs. I want to <laughs> see. Yeah, I want to see like the combination of like uh, the deep fakes plus porn plus blockchain plus dildonics or whatever so that you can go like right i want this specific thing generated for me it's like a proof of work of everybody like out there generating like using the graphics cards to generate your video in real time on the blockchain comes back you got your stupid vr headset on and then there's like a thing interacting with whatever the the uh the cloud blockchain ai request is being fulfilled it's like it's fucking messed up that's like honestly just the end of the end uh, end of the human race. Yeah, that's inside. how it ends. It's inside, dude. Later, man. That's every single VC keyword, though. You definitely hit it. Imagine like ransomware for like some of these like IoT butt plugs or stuff that you can like control the vibration. You just turn it up and leave it stuck on. Yeah, like I'm surprised no one's done that. Like, if there's a whole bunch of this shit on Shodan, like, how hard should it be to like worm it and like keep it locked in? Like, you'll always turn this off if you give me a Bitcoin, or I'll turn it on at really inconvenient time. <laughs> yeah, well, I well, mean, those Black Mirror again. Uh, I don't know if I want to spoil the episode actually. Was that actually an episode? No, there was there was an episode where the uh, someone was being forced to do something because they were recorded. Um, oh yeah, in their private. I only like clicked through a few of the episodes. Yeah, I won't. I won't go into the whole plot of the thing. Needless to say, it's sad and fucked up by the end. Uh, more fucked up than you think with every Black Mirror episode. But um. Yeah. But the, the the just the the premise at the beginning of the episode is is the only point I wanted to make is that like you know what if you ransomware somebody's private activity like that that they might be ashamed of and this comes back to a thing Dan said a long time ago about being ashamed of things and not being ashamed of things and that having power of you um you you know somebody might pay that one or two bitcoins to turn off their uh, incessantly vibrating dildo because they're they're somewhere <laughs> where they need it turned off right now. Yeah, yeah, it's like the airport. <laughs> There's people that wear them to work. 
Really? <laughs> it's really yes. Yeah. I, I have heard about it. Oh, okay. Well, okay. I, now I see where your head's at with ransomware. Oh. Yeah, like imagine if you're in a meeting and like something that only oh. hobby was supposed to control is suddenly fucking going <laughs> off, like <laughs> like a fucking pager, like. <laughs> You would be even worse. Like, imagine if someone like stole your Ops Genie API key and like link that shit up to there. Like, that'd be. I'd rather have the ransomware. Oh, like uh, you know those. Um, you know when you've got the table buzzers and you, you pick up a, when you're waiting for a meal and you put it on the table and they're like violently vibrating. Like, <laughs> you just like you just in a meeting or something, right? And you just like hang it out, and somebody you just hit. Somebody falls off their chair. Like, what the fuck? Yo, how inappropriate, <laughs> very inappropriate pay the Bitcoin, right? Fuck, I love it. That's great. He's on the uh, floor screaming, who's got a Bitcoin, who's got a Bitcoin? <laughs> All right, we're getting, uh, it's, it's time to, to cut the stream. Hey, this has been a great year. Uh, this has been awesome hanging out with all of you guys. Um, everybody here has been really cool. Um, thank you to all of our listeners and all of our fans and everybody who contributes because we have a lot of really, really cool people who jump in and just do cool shit. It's really awesome to just see our community grow because we have people who just bring a bunch of cool vibes to our our circle um, and start doing projects with us like making bots and uh, doing random projects and things. And I'm just really happy that we've been able to do as long as we have. Um, and so. Shout out to every single person, all of you. Thanks for making this year really, all really cool. Guests yeah, well. all of our guests, everybody who's come on, everybody who's done anything in any way for helping us out has been amazing. Because um, we were literally, whole thing started out as a, a joke on IRC, and it's just <laughs> turned into a really cool thing. And we've spent the better part of the year just putting out awesome content and doing really awesome projects with people. So, Hell yeah, thanks, man. guys. Yo, thank you for doing uh yeah. all that you do for the show man you rock thanks rock. all of you guys are awesome. yeah. um but yeah no um so we'll be, we're not gonna be on for christmas but we'll be back on the fourth i believe uh first no oh yeah it's uh it's new year's day so uh we will um Maybe, let's yeah, we'll get drunk or something we'll do something yeah we'll do something cool Oh yeah, but thanks to everybody though, because we'll be gone for a week, and this is like, I think this is the first week that we haven't done, um, our what's it called, like we haven't done an episode since we started, so uh-huh. uh, it's pretty cool. But we are, yeah, we back. worked through. Sorry, I was just gonna hmm? say we worked through like uh, in internet connectivity problems at DefCon. We worked through uh the one week that you weren't here. That was uh incredibly difficult just goes goes to show how much uh how much you put into this uh and yeah so this and will the, be the and the time the production went out at work and, and had to fail over to the next thing while i was on call that was awesome oh, right yeah terrible well you guys held it down and i'm really happy for it grateful for all of you we still had an awesome conversation and episode um so yeah thanks and thanks it will subscribe to pewdiepie uh <laughs> um hell yeah so oh yeah subscribe to t-series as well actually yeah t-series not um, pewdiepie <laughs> um so yeah thanks everybody thanks everybody who's supported us on patreon thanks everybody who's cheered us on um twitch it's been an awesome year 
and we'll be back next year with just the same amount of stuff and probably a lot more so yeah if over the break that you uh you do do some sweet stuff let us know because the shows will keep coming as soon as we're back hell yeah 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 uh and feel free to join our discord we are elite.club we'll be here um we're always here come chat with us come learn share stuff dope so all right let's uh let's sign off now goodbye bye friends peace your mom's box hey